This episode is brought to you by Command Creative Studios. Looking to jump into the podcast world and start making your own content? Command Creative Studios is your one-stop shop for professional podcasts. With a team of audio engineers, music composers, and graphic designers, Command Creative Studios can get your podcast sounding professional as well as looking professional with custom music and artwork that's designed for your creative vision. Command Creative Studios also offers editing, mixing, as well as uploading your content to all major podcast services. For more information, please visit commandcreativestudios.com. That's commandcreativestudios.com. First, my name's Frank. Oh, yeah? yeah? Here's the thing, Frank. If I feed you, then every bum you talk to about it is going to show up here looking for a free lunch. And this is not an Arby's. Well, Arby's didn't have free lunch. It was a restaurant. All right. Last of Us Episode 3. Let's get a little bit into a deep dive here. Max, are you ready? This I'm is gonna, ready, This man. might be a long one, so let's yeah. uh, let's start off strong. It was a long episode. Yeah. Real quick, thanks again to our Patreon producer, Knight Rider 169 uh, We love your help. We love the support from the community. Thank you so much. You know, keep sending us stuff. Keep sending us messages. We got something from, uh, who, who did we get? What's the message from Mark? Mark had a little backfill info on the long 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 time the song that's prevalent in the show right. and this episode by linda rostan um she was actually nominated in 1971 for a grammy award for best contemporary female vocal performance for her rendition of the song um at you know when we were watching it on uh sunday uh, we didn't put two and two together that the episode's titled after the song that they're playing on um that bill and frank play on the piano ellie and joel listen to it on their way out of of the the town, and obviously it was uh, prevalent in the episode. Right, so good right. bit of info, and you know one of our things we want in this community is great information like that coming in that we might have missed and others. So appreciate that from Mark. Yeah, Mark, thank you so much. Um, next thing I want to talk about really fast is uh, right after we uploaded the last episode, we found out that Annie Wershing died. Um, for those of you who don't know who she is, she's the one who voiced Tess in the video game. Yeah. She was also, I mean, she was Renee Walker on 24. That's where I really knew her from. Same. And then she was the Borg queen on, uh, Star Trek Picard. And then, uh, Rosalind Dyer on The Rookie, which I watched with my wife. So, yep. That's, uh, you know, it, as we get older, I'm sure most people that are listening to this or, you know, probably in their twenties and older from there, you start, you know. Tragedy starts to fall yeah, as far as like, you know, deaths in the family, friends, you know, stuff like that. So it always sucks to lose a family member or a friend. So yeah, Max. That was tough. Yeah. Cancer is an uh, ugly thing. And I know we're making huge strides in it, but we still need more research to, to combat horrible disease. Yeah. She was only 45. Yeah. And it's fun. Our, I was thinking once I actually, because uh, once I found out that she passed, um, cause she's done action stuff in, um, when she played Renee Walker on yeah, 24, 24 and she would have been a perfect Tess yeah. in this. And I know, you know, you're not, you know, you can't just take her from the game and then nobody else, but 
But I'm wondering if maybe they did think about it for a second that she would have been perfect, but she was battling cancer at the yeah, time. Maybe maybe that was the reason. Yeah, because I think they said four or five years she was battling yeah. it. Yeah. So that maybe that was a reason, but she would have been good. Um, okay. Let's uh let's jump into the show now. We got a lot of stuff to talk about after we actually I watched it for three more or two more times after. So I've watched it three times total. Nice. Um so Max And you're playing the game. And I'm playing the game. So I've got two. The differences are I can say it all in one section. So we'll get to that in a second. But yeah. right now, Max, I'm going to ask you, how do you feel about this episode uh, This episode now? Second time around. Second time around for you. Now that you let it marinate for a little bit, how are you feeling about it? I, 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 I love the episode, you know, after watching it the first time because it was, of course, uh, it showed a, a good love story, but it also provided great information as a whole and it kind of, piece things together it helped move the story along and it was so well done so well written amazing acting i mean just amazing from neil offerman so um I, watching it again i kind of appreciated it even more yeah um i will i did make a comment when i when we were talking about it on sunday i felt that this episode was a filler episode oh, let it slide uh for how do i say or i can't I still, in a way, feel like it was a filler episode. Yeah. But it was a well-done filler episode. <laughs> it wasn't an episode that you would just want to skip. Let me just say that. Even though- Oh, most yeah. Of, you most can't of skip the, it. You can't skip it. Most of the stuff that moved the story along, at least, at least the main story between Joel and Ellie, was in the first 10 minutes and then in the last 10 minutes, which really moved them along. Because um, the main purpose, I guess, after you find out that Frank's not going to be able to do anything, or I'm sorry, uh, Bill, Bill, Bill's not gonna be able to do anything for Ellie. Is now I got my truck, now I got my battery, and now I can take her to her destination. Which is now I'm gonna help you know find my brother, and he's a firefly or he was a firefly. But anyways, but emotionally also gives him uh, uh, uh to be her protector because that's like Bill said in his letter. That's yeah. what you, that's who you are, what you are. It re reconfirmed it to to um to to Joel, yeah. who he is, what he is, you know, and, you know, he's he's going to take on this mission wholeheartedly. So right. that part was very important, and that's what I got out of the yeah. episode. Yeah, I still think he would have gone through with taking her to the next destination. He needed a pep talk. He needed a, and this that's is the, no I guess talk. this is the ultimate pep talk in yeah. a letter and all it's the stuff. It's not like he convinced it. him to do it. It just, after all the crap that he's just been gone through going through right. recently and obviously over the 20 years this was just a pep talk from a character that he kind of couldn't relate to because bill was not the nicest guy in the the world and you know they're they're two wolves kind of without a pack right i guess you could say they're just hardened and they're they can handle themselves they need a pep talk from that from that kind of person you know it's a little different than a, you know from if it was frank who was giving him that talk he probably wouldn't have taken it as much. And it wasn't even a talk. It was a letter. But it was powerful enough. That's what I got out of it. Okay. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> so, I guess in the, what, what I'm trying to say in the long run is I like this episode even more. Yeah. Watching it the next, another two times. A lot more a lot more information sank in. Yeah. A lot more theories and stuff. But overall, it's... What, what it's, about Rambo Frank in the street? Uh, no, I stick, the street. I stick with Rambo Frank. That's, that, <laughs> that seems ridiculous. All right, let's 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 move on. Let's, our, uh, yeah, go ahead. Another question is, how do you think 
um, I did kind of do somewhat of like seeing how other people felt about the episode and the mm -hmm. reviews, social media, and social media like and stuff. What was your take on that? What did you think how, how other people were well, receiving this? They, they, it was, it wasn't unilaterally. Everybody loved it. Some people did feel the same way that it was, you know, that there was such a change between the video game arc. And I know you're going to touch on that yeah. um, on, 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 on Bill and Frank on, on this whole aspect of, the, those characters in the show right. um there were people on that side and then there was a lot of people that were you know that were in love with not only the the episode but the the inclusiveness of, of the episode and and telling uh an older love story in the terms of these are middle-aged men right um and middle-aged love is different than you know you know young love you know in your early 20s and you know that that kind of infatuation they showed you a, a a nice span of that so people a lot of people appreciated that and of course the acting i think that is one thing there was no one on on both sides people just said it was well acted. it was phenomenal phenomenally acted there was Absolutely. no one complaining about it in that sense yeah um how I about saw, you i saw the majority of the people that are stuff that i saw i did like i said i didn't go too deep yeah. but majority was best show and or best episode you yeah, know so obviously far. this season mm -hmm. could be the best episode this year for all television and stuff um i did see some taglines for the homosexuality in the show mm -hmm. which i thought was you know some of it was a little harsh overall people like the episode and they should like the episode it was yeah. it was a very well done i guess love story that ends in a tragedy yeah but not a tragedy because they got to live yeah together during this time during uh the apocalypse time. yeah really and then had their love through that entire time to get them through the good times and the bad times and we'll go we're gonna i love what they did in this episode is that they showed off how the relationship built and then mm -hmm. how it ended and yeah. like you know when they did the time or the time jumps which we're going to talk about that. But right now, let's go into, because the first 10, 15 minutes is really Joel and Ellie. Yeah. So let's just get them out of the way really quick, and then we can jump back into Bill and Frank. Sounds great. All right. So we did get confirmation about the Joel stacking the rocks, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So that is for Tess. Yeah. Um, so I think you were the one who said that that was for her. I can't remember. So, But point for you. Um, maybe we both did. See, yeah, it kind of seems like common sense, but I'm going to take credit for it as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next scene, and I pulled this clip. I want to talk about um, Ellie giving her little short speech to Joel. Yeah. All right. So let's play that and then we'll talk about it. Look, I've been thinking about... I want your sorry. I wasn't going to say I'm sorry. I was going to say that I've been thinking about what happened. Nobody made you or test take me. Nobody made you go along with this plan. You needed a truck battery or whatever, and you made a choice. So don't blame me for something that isn't my fault. Yeah, you were right. He does actually do, he does do a little nod in there to yeah. kind of like, you know. Respects the, her, her, her approach on that. Yeah, I still think it's kind of a shitty thing to say, like right when all this stuff happened. But you are right. He does respect that she does say that. He does go, there is an eternal thing with that nod, I think, where he's like, you know what? I probably am. I was going to. But yeah. you're right. We did choose to do this. It's not her fault. I think he 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 appreciates her saying, you know, that rather than saying like some hollow I'm sorry that she didn't really mean because as we know um Ellie is a little uh different, right? So she's definitely <laughs> different in this. Uh she, her saying sorry and I really I'm really sorry, she, he would have seen right through the her BS and like he would have not appreciated that but 
her saying, don't blame me. I didn't force you guys. I think it was like, it was more real and he respects that level of real yeah. and honesty from her. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just played um, from Tess dying up into the, you know, this point with mm -hmm. uh, Bill. Yeah. Um, I don't remember her saying, I, she didn't say that in the game mm -hmm. and there's no, there's nothing that happens in the game that implies that Joel's doing that to her. So I think that's a, that's a, that's a nice little thing I think that they added. Yeah. To kind of show that she's kind of a strong, you know, she's a strong young woman. She's like, you know, she's saying her piece and everything, making sure that, you know, Joel kind of checks himself yeah. if that's about to happen. Because it kind of does in the beginning when he throws the stuff at her. So nice little check from her. All right, let's move on to the next little scene I want to point out. And this is really for us because <laughs> let's just play this scene and then <laughs> we'll say why it's for us. Okay. Why'd you get that scar on your head? What, is it something lame? Like you fell down the stairs or something? I didn't fall down any stairs. Okay, so what then? Someone shot at me and missed. See, that's cool. Shoot back? Yeah. You get him? No, I missed too. It happens more often than you think. Happens more often than you think. And I, I love that part just because the last episode we talked about so much how they suck at shooting. <laughs> And it, but it was bugging me, yeah, because they've been in a, a apocalypse for twenty, 20 years. years. Yeah. I feel like Tess should have been a better shot, and he should have been a better shot. And it was almost like they threw that in just because of the way that at least I was feeling. I don't know how you felt about it, yeah. But it was a nice little throw in there. Whether that's what they were trying to show, I liked it. That's just it's, no. They it, they 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 lay a groundwork for possibly things to happen later on, where you know, bad shooting is prevalent again <laughs> so it kind of like gave a reason why they're not the best shot in the museum and then maybe as the show pro progresses again i'll set it again when do they have chance to go to firing range bullets are probably scarce and you know that's not just a there's got to be a bullet maker in every single quarantine okay. zone yeah gotta but be. they're definitely not you know booking time at the range <laughs> all right let's move on yeah. <laughs> we got to move fast this is a lot of stuff on this yeah, one. all right ahead. so uh next scene with them they go to the gas station which is called cumberland farms we didn't know if it was a gas station what mm -hmm. the name of it was so it's cumberland farms and there's they're, one they're thing popular back east there are is, a lot it's places. a real place yeah oh, i didn't know that okay yeah. so uh one thing that's different from the game in the show which is ellie gets really excited in the video game that she sees this game called the turning yeah um, in the show, it's actually a real game called Mortal Kombat 2. Classic. Classic. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit more about Ellie in the basement because after watching it for the second and third time, yeah. I don't know if this is what they're trying to do, but she kind of gives this look like she's she's a psychopath. Yeah, man. Psycho. When, she, when she's there cutting the forehead of the infected yeah. guy down there, this, this look of just... I don't know, something that you would see Masochist. that they would put in a, in a movie yeah. to show off a psychopath, like, you know, killing a dog or a cat or something that's weird. <laughs> yeah. And I, and it's, I don't know, it's, I don't know where they're going with that. And yeah, it's, and I'm and kind of interested to see. At it's eye, it's like, it was, it was yeah. just. They're already making so many changes for the development of these characters. Yeah. And I'm wondering where that's going to go. Mm. Because that is not the character in, in, the game. in the game at all. So she's already a little bit, I want to, it's like a little bit shittier. Psycho? A, a psych, now she's psycho. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see if that's, if it, if that is actually something that they're going to build off of, or is it just curiosity? Now rewatching it, because I know Sunday you weren't 
you weren't so sure about her anger when she stabbed it? Do you see the anger when she stabbed it? I do see a little bit of anger, but then also mm-hmm. it's almost like I, when she did that, I couldn't tell if it was anger or, or if it was preparation because she's going to need to do that. Like, no, this is I, a good time to maybe learn how to do that kind of stuff because, like, because I, we still don't know. In not her, to spoil the show, it's anger. You think it's anger? Yeah, it's anger, man. Well, maybe she's angry because she's bitten. And she now she bitten. and now she has and the, the circumstances thing. of and the we reason also, and how she got bitten right. is why we also still angry. don't know what happened to her companion when she did get bitten. So maybe there is something well, there. She didn't say the companion. What are you dropping spoilers over here? It's not a spoiler because I don't. <laughs> I didn't play the prequel, so I don't know what happens in that. No, no. But in the show, um, th- there's going to be scenes about what happened when they go down there. Well, it's not. It's not a huge spoiler because they have a character and an actress for it. So obviously, something goes down. We're seeing flashbacks for everything else. Yeah, I would. So ex- I would expect that to be a flashback. That it, they're going to show it, that at some point. It definitely point. will. Okay. And and that character, something happens to that character. Obviously, and and when Tess asked her when they were walking into Boston, she kind of obviously lied about. You know, oh, I was down there by myself. Right. So it's probably a close friend, somebody she cared about, and something probably not so great happens. Well, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But so if you're listening to this and you're not ready for spoilers, then I don't to tell you. Yeah. But you think it's, I, but there's a little bit, we can, we can both agree yeah. that she looks like a psychopath. No, that that's 100%. Okay. She's not, something's not right. I I, I thought something was off when she was looking at Joel beat the, the soldier Yeah, we death. both did. We both like, did. Yeah, we're like, like oh, like something's she, not right. She moves yeah. from behind Tess to and get a better view giving, of this guy getting a beat down? Yeah, something's not, not right there yeah. right off the bat. Yeah, go ahead. All right. We set our piece with that scene. Let's yeah. move on to the next one. So the next thing I want to actually I pulled this is Joel's telling Ellie uh, how the, how he, he thinks he, he doesn't actually say this is how the infection spread. He just says some. I think he says people think that's how yeah, it spread. It's the most maybe the most popular yeah theory. So this is him telling Ellie, which is good for everybody yeah. watching the show. Here yeah. we go. No one knows for sure, but best guess, Cordyceps mutated. Some of it got into the food supply, probably a basic ingredient like flour or sugar. There were certain brands of food that were sold everywhere, all across the country, across the world. Bread, cereal, pancake mix. You eat enough of it, it'll get you infected. So the tainted food all hits the store shelves around the same time Thursday. People bought it, ate some Thursday night or Friday morning. Day goes on. They started to get sick. Afternoon, evening, they got worse. So notice the pancake mix. Yeah, he he paused and he yeah. deli- he said it. You know. Yeah. So I think we we touched on that a little bit from yeah. the Sunday episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the theory of him not eating the pancakes. Um, also, I think the daughter not eating the cookies. Yep. But let's not forget, he's also supposed to bring a cake home. Didn't bring the cake. Didn't yep. bring the cake home. And he didn't take the biscuits that from the offered. neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. They dodged a lot of bullets that yeah. first episode that we didn't realize right. they were dodging. So I did, I was thinking for a second that maybe, because I know that Sarah, his daughter, she or she took the oatmeal cookies. Or mm-hmm. was raisin cookies or oatmeal cookies? Whatever. It was oatmeal. Raisin oatmeal. Oatmeal raisin? No, it was oatmeal, but I said I like oatmeal raisin. And you looked at me like I was crazy. She didn't take the cookies. <laughs> so, and I and I actually, uh, when you see her again at the house and it's late at night and she's waiting for Joel to come home, there's a plate that was on the table. And I thought maybe for a second it would have been, or maybe she did actually end up eating the cookies. Yeah. So she was infected. 
but you look at the plate. Yeah, she, there was no cookies. But I thought that no might cookies. have been a little cool thing. Yeah, that maybe they, that she was infected. So eventually, you knew that she was going to turn. So it would have been better that she did kind of die in that way, as opposed to Joel watching his daughter turn into something like that. But it would it would have made Joel maybe a different person because that's an easier. Well, no, Joel wouldn't have known. Joel wouldn't have put that together. Maybe he well, does he later saw, on if he, it, if he did notice what was on the plate. He does think yeah, for a second. She ate cookies. That's why she she got you know yeah, contaminated. But that would have changed the way you know he kind of dealt with her death because it was it would have been he would have been a little different because it would have been like well it was better that she maybe he would have reconciled that in his mind. It was better that she passed away yeah. before she turned. Uh, it would have been hard for her to tur- see her turn, and then I would have to put her down that you know that kind of way instead. It, it, having it the military killer makes him more you know angry and jaded yeah. and gives us the joel that we have now yeah could have been a lot different but either way there was no cookies on that plate it looked no. like there was carrots celery and maybe a hot She's dog healthy. see uh, the hot dog <laughs> no that's healthy okay that's enough for our uh joel section right now let's uh i mean now we're gonna move into i guess the meat of this episode which yeah. is really bill and frank Ooh. um yeah. So really fast, I want to get the differences out of the way really quick, okay? So the differences between the game and this show. This episode. This episode. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the entire show, really. Oh, yeah. Episode, however you want to take it, um, is that Frank isn't alive. Frank mm-hmm. is dead in the game. So, mm-hmm. And then it's also when Joel meets up with Bill, Joel doesn't even know that Frank exists. He has no idea who that person is. Mm. Um, Bill does mention about a partner that he had. Yeah. And you don't know. At that point, you think it's, you know, it's a partner in crime or a partner in mm-hmm. surviving. Whatever, it's a best buddy, whatever it is. Maybe they had a business before. Maybe he was an accountant. You know, who knows? You don't know. That, he just said, he refers to him as his partner. And even when he says that, Joel has no idea who that is. Because Joel's never been to Bill's place. Yeah. So that they must have been meeting, obviously, in different places in the game. So he's never been to his place. He's still trying to figure out how to get there. And Joel and uh, Bill also doesn't live on a compound. He doesn't, he's not this guy who like took over his entire town and then like boarded it off. So there's no infected coming in, put up this, it's, he's still laying traps, but he's a scavenger dude. Who's, you know, he's doesn't look like a guy who's going to cook you a gourmet meal or anything <laughs> like that. He's just a rough around the edges guy. Survivors. who's just trying to survive. Yeah. So when you actually do, see frank you see frank's body that uh bill and ellie and joel find yeah he's hung himself and then that's when you get a little bit more of a backstory on who frank was but not much he was just he calls him like a piece of shit this guy you know he ran out of me tried to steal my battery because of the the (laughs) mission that's in the game it's not really important but he acts like he hated the person joel finds a letter a suicide note from frank who then Goes back at Bill and says he's a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm glad that you know, I've, I got bitten. You're probably not going to find this letter, but you know, basically tells him to go screw himself. So you still don't get that, or were they They're in a relationship together. kind of thing? Yeah. You only kind of maybe, at least for me, put that together in at the end of it when Joel and Ellie drive off. Ellie uh, shows some stuff that she stole from Bill's place, and one of them is a gay porno magazine. And then that's when you're like, okay, maybe that was, maybe there was a relationship and it just ended badly. So completely different take than what actually happens in the game. And for the better for the show, obviously, because of, you know, you really couldn't show, I guess, maybe, maybe you could, I guess, you know, Frank running around like, or or Bill running around like a lunatic with a gun. Like you, I guess you could have done the same thing as another mission to get a battery. Yeah. That's what that, that happens in the game. It's a whole mission to get a battery. Yeah. So still get a vehicle. Right. Anyways, that's the differences. So it's a lot. 
we don't really need to bring that up anymore. So let's move on to the scenes that I wanted to uh, talk about. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess I want to talk about the scene where I, it seems like Frank knows he can make his move now on yeah. Bill. Yeah. So let's play it really fast. So who's the girl? Girl you're singing about. There is no girl. I know. I know. Oh, he knows. He knows. In doing some research, the showrunners kind of indicated that Frank knows Bill. Uh, Bill's obviously been in the closet, you know, this whole time. Um, right. Before and obviously during the the apocalypse. So, well, not, there's no one to be in the closet for. For right, yeah. the world. They, as far they as we know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in, he's he's been in the closet. Um, and Maybe he's, in denial. He's a loner. He probably lived with his mom. Right. But. It was when they were having that uh, discussion out what we played in the beginning with the Arby's, right? That um, F- Frank realizes w- when they're communicating right there, and he looks and sees how Bill kind of is looking at him. He realizes there's something there. He used that woman line to just confirm what he he thought when they were outside. Okay. So that's 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 why he. He, he was able he he had an idea he just needed this to reconfirm and once he said there was no girl he was like i can make my move now right but then in between that though when he's standing up walking around and he's like putting his finger on the dust oh yeah he realizes there's a place for me here right there, right because i mean <laughs> he just had a nice shower it looks safe obviously yeah you know how many years was was it between this this is uh, i think it's four, three three or four years i think um, it's three Right since the pandemic, I thought it was four years. Uh, it might be four. It's four. Yeah, four years from the the fall of the the, the world. Maybe they rounded and, it up. And Maybe what's his name is like living comfortably, so he realizes this is obviously a nice situation here. Yeah, I think his initial intention was probably, yeah, I can get a good meal out of this. He's got a hot shower. He's got a roof over his head. Yeah. He's obviously secure. In you know, he's secured up in this compound that he's built for himself. There's traps everywhere. And then over yeah. the next three years, obviously love, you know, blossoms. Well, yeah, we'll go. We'll go to the next team. But I, yeah. I do think his his original intention. Oh yeah, survival. was yeah. You're at survival. I can make my move on this guy if I can show him some companionship. I'm gonna be taken care of. Excellent way of putting it. Companionship. Yep. All right. Yeah. So let's go to the next scene where it's uh, three years later, and we can actually get an idea of how their relationship has yeah. blossomed. Blossomed. Oh fuck you! Come on. Hey. Would you stop? Do I ask for things? Ever? Why am I even saying that? This isn't for me. This is this is for us. Who cares what they look like? I do. Our home isn't just our house. It's everything around us. Give me a fucking break. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I live in this world. You live in a psycho bunker where 9-11 was an inside job and, and the government are all Nazis. The government are all Nazis! Well, yeah, now, but not then. I think that's a great scene. It shows it how they're having the same fight that people before the apocalypse yes, would be having. having yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you know, uh, that's a typical couple's fight. Of, yeah. You know, one wants to do, you know, or improve the house or make new friends. And the other was like, no, we don't need to do any of this stuff. Yeah. And yeah, then, and that's where that, I mean, I didn't pull the entire argument because the entire argument is really for them having friends over. Yeah. And then him telling Bill like, hey, I met a girl, yeah. you know, and she's coming over with her boyfriend and we're going to have tea together. Yeah. Really? 
right? Yep, yep. I, uh, wife says, I want to buy some patio furniture for what? So we can have friends over. We don't need patio furniture. We don't need friends over. Um, it's that kind of fight. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, it's a good... I, I like it because it shows in that three years that there... Yeah. That it maybe our theory is, uh, is, is right that he was maybe in it in our, like he had that relationship with Bill to kind of get the roof over his head to get yeah. the security and everything, but clearly that's not the case anymore. No, it's, no it it's... seems like if it, if we were right, it has it has become an actual relationship, and there's both sides that care deeply about each other because they can have a fight like that and still be together. Yeah, Frank even catches himself. He's like, "It's not for me. It's for us." Right. You know, so that that's definitely uh, uh, changing the way you you think as instead of me, it's we. So yeah, right. Very well, good. let's go to the next one. So, this is another uh, time jump. I think it's three, three years, years later. Yep. Three years later. Yep. All right. I'm sorry. What? Getting older faster than you. Oh, I like you older. Older means we're still here. <laughs> I was never afraid before you showed up. It's we, deep, man. Yeah, it's deep. Now look at look at their dynamic. Three years earlier, they're they're cursing at each other. Some couples they argue like that. I know some couples that do it like that. And then now, maybe I should be clear though. When I was all the stuff I was saying for the previous fight, that is not how I fight with my wife. Oh. Let you know that right now. <laughs> I don't know if I... I wasn't referring to you, my man. I just want to make sure that I I don't know what I said, but I don't want people to think this. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. But yeah, it's um, it's a much more um, introspective um, Bill who's kind of like softening because he's such a hard, hardened guy, right? It's a you need know, a rough survivalist to, to right. be vulnerable right there and be to tell him like, you know, that that line. It's, it's very powerful and well acted. Yeah, it's yeah, he's got a tear in his eye. It's yeah. good. It's 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 great line. It's a great scene. I don't want to talk about the strawberries and the fungus with you. I like know. Last I'm still time. not eating it. I don't but... want to do it. But yeah, I, I. It just shows once again how they've grown together. You yeah. know, you get to see you know both of them getting older, and yet there's still love there. Like, hey, check out these strawberries. Let's go eat them together. Yeah. And then, once again, maybe that might be the first time that he's ever said anything that deep to him. As and far shown as, his vulnerability. He's shown his vulnerability. Yeah. So I mean. Powerful, very powerful. Yeah. We'll be right back after a message from our sponsor. Guys, want an amazing night out where you get to enjoy award-winning wine with a comfortable and relaxing atmosphere? Well, if you're in the LA County area, Pacella Winery's tasting room is just an Uber ride away. The tasting room is very comfortable, laid back, and relaxing with ample seating and a heated back patio that offers a relaxing and private atmosphere. With over 35 years of collective winemaking experience, Steve Lemley and Nate Hasper joined forces in 2009 to create Pacello Winery's first vintage. The two share an uncompromised and very passionate approach to winemaking that continues to push the limits of their craft with every vintage. Highly rated and award-winning, Pacello Wineries even were named Wine Enthusiast Magazine's highest rated Zinfandel in the entire California Central Coast. With hotels and restaurants nearby, Pacello Winery's tasting room is the ideal date night experience. 
Make sure to mention this podcast when you visit and get a free tasting. Can't make it to the tasting room? Check them out online at PacellaWinery.com and feel free to email them for future wine deliveries in your area. That's Pacella Winery, P-U-L-C-H-E-L-L-A-W-I-N-E-R-Y.com. And remember, Pacella Winery simply doesn't just follow other winemaking trends, meaning there are no limitations to the envelope they push. That's PacellaWinery.com, P-U-L-C-H-E-L-L-A. W-I-N-E-R-Y.com. And back to the show. Let's uh let's move on. Now we're gonna do a big time jump. All right. Ten we're, years. We're gonna pass Rambo in the street. Yeah, we, we 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 exhausted that out on Sunday. I hope so. Yeah. All right. So it's ten years later, and we see them obviously older now. Yeah. And the dynamic has kind of changed a little bit because Bill seemed like he was aging faster than Frank. Than Frank, and then also let's not forget about the Rambo scene. You saw Bill take a bullet, yeah. And so we're thinking we're going to see maybe an injured Bill ten years later, someone who's like really struggling. But it's not the case. We see Frank, who's struggling. He's in a wheelchair. He's having problems moving. Did we ever find out? Did the showrunners or anybody say like what he had? Was it ALS? You know what? I did not see that. Okay, um, maybe we should but look. It, but it probably was. Why don't you look that up while I keep yeah. going on this? So anyway, so we see uh, a very vulnerable Frank who needs to be taken care of. He needs to be fed. He's oh well, he at least needs to have his food chewed. He's he's um or I'm sorry, not chewed, cut up for him. Yeah. Um, he's having difficulty like just getting his pills out. Like it's he's not living a great life anymore. So we go to the next uh, the next day and. Bill wakes up to a Frank who's already up, somehow got himself in a wheelchair. He makes a comment how it took him all night to do it. And then he tells him that this will be his last day. And then we're going to fast forward to them on the couch. And this is when he's telling Bill what he wants to do on his last day. Yeah. It's pretty emotional. Here we go. Just give me one more good day. Starting now, make me some toast. <laughs> then take me to the boutique where I'll pick outfits for us. You'll wear what I ask. We'll get married. And you cook a delicious dinner. Then you will crush all of these up, put them in my wine. I will drink it. Then you will take me by my hand. Bring me to our bed. And I will fall asleep in your arms. I know you can't see it right now because we're listening, but uh, Nick Offerman. Yeah. The face, the, like you see him break down while while he's being told this. Yeah. It's really good. It's tough. It's, it's really good. I'm gonna be shocked if he didn't. If either one of these guys don't win something for this, yeah, they're definitely gonna nominate for some yeah. some awards here. They 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 won't be forgotten. After doing a quick look up, um, co-creator Craig Mazin said that um, it's an unspecified neuromuscular disorder. He he's quoted saying, "We didn't necessarily want to specify the illness for the audience. It was either MS or early ALS." 
but it was a dis- degenerative neuromuscular disorder. Right. So yeah. I wonder what medication he's actually popping right there. Did they actually go find it? Like, I don't know. Well, no, that's probably the stuff they're smuggling with Joel and Tess. But, but that's specific medication for yeah, something I like mean, that. So yeah, maybe, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are in a town there. I'm sure there's pharmacies that can look around that were just left empty. Probably has enough stuff yeah. and research to figure it out. But another major thing in this, um, in this, where you know he 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 asked to to get married, and it, for them in that world, um, gay marriage wasn't legal. Yeah, two thousand two thousand three, right? When yeah, that, the it, world shut down. The world shut down in two thousand three. Yeah. Massachusetts didn't legalize right. same sex marriage until two thousand and four. So even though for them it's been twenty years that they've you know, since the, the fall of society. Yeah. And they've been together for what, 16 years, right? From the point four years after that, 16 years they're together. Right. There was no, obviously, government to legalize same sex marriage. So him asking to get married was very powerful. I'm surprised. I'm a little surprised that because he wants to do that on his last day alive, that yeah. they it, hadn't done it previously. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that, 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 is, that is something. Maybe ask one of their two friends, Tess or Joel, to, you know, officiate. Officiate it. You know, they can. Maybe one of them already has a license. Who knows? But yeah, it's the that whole. This is what I want to do on my last day. You know, it's it's very it's that's it, a hard conversation to have with a loved one. Yeah, extremely hard. All right, let's uh, let's keep trying to cry over here. Let's move on to the next scene, which is pretty much equal. Like I wouldn't say it, it's it's as equal. Okay, yeah. so the next scene we're gonna see is uh. You know, Bill telling Frank, I guess he's along, he's going along with him on his journey. So let's just, let's listen to this part. This isn't the tragic suicide at the end of the play. I'm old. I'm satisfied. And you were my purpose. Bill just told him that he took the... Yeah, this after they had their dinner. Yeah, that that the wine was also filled with the the drugs to make him go to sleep alongside Frank. Yeah. And how else would you go, I guess? You know, like that's really the only person that you have. There's nobody else around you. You've survived this apocalypse together and he was his purpose. Yeah. And the only reason he's never been afraid, he says it before, I've never been afraid before. I met you basically. And now that's going to be gone. What else is there to survive for? There's nothing to survive for anymore. Like before then you're just surviving in a way, but now you have like your loved one with you, like, and then that one's gone. How do you kind of keep going after that? Yeah. Especially if you think about it in this post pandemic apocalyptic world, right? Horrible times. Bill has lived his, his, the best section of his life in these 16 years with Frank, right? During he the found, worst time in the world, he's found his happiest and best. Yeah, times. he didn't start living until to, the apocalypse because yeah, even, exactly. even the start of the apocalypse, before he actually yeah, he finds a, Frank, we saw him. Remember, he comes running out with his gun, yeah. kind of like with he his shotgun, sheltered. Yeah, and, he, had, he already had it all planned out. It was like he was ready to live alone by himself and he be content was, and be content with that. Yeah. And then you throw this wrench in there, which is Frank. Yeah. And then to then all that stuff to give meaning to the reason why he survived and set up all of that stuff, you know, hoarding the guns or, you know, whatever he knew how to like turn the gas back on, gate up the community, set up the traps, make it a safe zone 
And then this guy comes in, the love of his life. And Frank is full of life himself, the, right. the character. You're right. You know? Then to now share with this person for 16 years, right? We came yes, in 16, 16 years. Yeah. And then for that to end. And then now what? You can't just, you just now go back to cooking meals to yourself and then, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I think that's the only way to end this story, especially on a TV show. So. Yeah. And you mentioned it uh, on Sunday. It would have been horrible for him to have to go and bury Frank yeah. the next day. He said, yeah. Live give, through that. That's, that's torture. Yeah. Give that speech. Like, I want to die in the bed. And then, you know. Next day, Bill's got to pick him up, take him outside, do all the stuff. So, yeah. The meat and potatoes of the episode was definitely Bill and Frank. It's from the beginning to the end. Arc, tragedy, romance. It's all there. Yeah. So let's let's now leave Bill and Frank and let's go back to Joel and Ellie for the last, last part of this episode. So let's uh, set the scene really fast. So Joel and Ellie show up to uh, Bill and Frank's... Uh, Joel has the uh, code, gets into the gate, walks in. They can't find anybody. Find the letter. Find out that they, you know, they killed themselves. There's nobody there. Uh, Joel composes himself after reading the letter and then goes up to Ellie and gives the speech to her, which basically, I'm going to take you to your destination. I'm going to take you to my brother. He used to be a firefly. Here's some rules. Here we go. If I'm taking you with me, there's some rules you got to follow. Rule one, you don't bring up Tess, ever. Matter of fact, we can just keep our histories to ourselves. Rule two, you don't tell anyone about your condition. They see that bite mark, they won't think it through, they'll just shoot you. Rule three, you do what I say when I say it. We clear? Yes. Repeat it. What you say goes. So... This speech actually is in the video game, mm -hmm. but when he gives a speech to her, it's right after the whole thing with Tess and then them, him taking her to the Bill's place. He says this, this speech to them and then they go, you know, it's not after the events with Bill and his whatever. So is in the video game. It just happens before they actually get to Bill's. That's pretty much it. So that's, that's pretty much all the stuff I had for this deep dive going through it, you know, you want to add anything else to this? No, I mean, I, I, I did some. Tr I tried to find who did the artwork that Frank, you know, they show at when Frank is sick. Um, I couldn't find quite who did all the art. It could have been obviously various artists. Um, I did want to mention that window at the end is reference to the video game, the menu screen. That's why they had it open Ooh, like that. I didn't so, catch that. Nice. Yeah. So that that's the only other. Um, but overall, again. Great episode. Um, I know we didn't really talk too much about. I, I was kind of still surprised that um, Bill let Frank in. You know, being who he was, to let him in right. in the very first place. But well, maybe because it had been already four years. Four years. Maybe he had at that point he needed some somebody to talk to. Maybe so that oh, kind of let him yeah. in. So you think if it was like year one or two, he would have like Doc, keep it moving. Probably not because. He may have been he may have may have been an isolated person before mm -hmm. the pandemic. Yeah. Pandemic. The apocalypse. Yeah, really. It's a pandemic. Okay. You're not wrong. All right. But he would still see people when he'd leave his house, go, you know, to whatever his job was, which we're assuming was at a restaurant. Yeah. Or, Maybe he was yeah. a food critic. 
you know, something involving food. For sure. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Maybe he... Great, great, he's a chef. We're maybe cook. he worked at the sawmill yeah. during the day, but at night, he worked at the local restaurant. We'll never know. We'll never know. But he at least had interaction with other people. Whether it was good interaction or not, he, he, he had that. Now, fast forward four years, we don't know what, like, who what relationships he's had with maybe other people as far as buying goods. We know that he got that, you know, thermometer thing or whatever mm -hmm. to find out if people are infected or not. He, got, he must've got that somewhere. Yeah. So, but he's not, he's clearly, he's not having a lot of communication with anybody, if yeah. any, right? So maybe that might've been the window for him to let down a little bit because there's somebody that he can at least talk to and have a conversation with. You know, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of those soft openings and, he did in the first two episodes. Well, hold on. And then also he's already squared this guy up yeah. So I don't think he thinks that Frank's a threat. A threat. And yeah, if he, but if he does point. become a threat, I think the way that Bill thinks in his can mind, he can handle it. He can run out in the middle of a street with a sniper <laughs> yeah, rifle I know where you're going and just take this. him out because he just has that mentality <laughs> that he can just do it. Go ahead. What were we going to say? I was going to say, you know, I love, I love the first two soft openings. They could have started this episode with a soft opening of... You know, what Bill, what, who Bill, Bill was. Yeah, Bill in a restaurant great. cooking and starting to see people flip out. He bolts out, grabs, goes into his bunker, and then you Ooh. pan out and you close with the the bunker door closing behind that bookshelf or whatever it was that was hiding it in the basement. That That's been good. how could he, you could have done that, you know? That would have been good. Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's in, his, he's in the restaurant. If he, if he is a chef and he starts noticing people just, you know, he's like, oh, it's happening. I'm out. That yeah. could have been a that, that could have been a cool scene. I would have liked that. Yeah, that would have been, been good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, I think let's, let's can't wait until Sunday. Yeah, let's start wrapping it up. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. thanks again for everybody that's um, listening, helping support us. Um, if anybody does actually, you know what, find out more information on the artwork. Yeah, you know, I would love to know that. Yeah, send it our way. That would be amazing. I'm an art fan. Yes, you are. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, once again, thanks to our Patreon producer. Knight Rider 169. Yes. Thank you so much. And uh, you guys can help out as well, just like him. If you want to head over to our Patreon page, show us some love. If you like what you're hearing, if you like the content, help us keep going. That'd be fantastic. And we um, love getting more information from people listening, whether it's um, through Twitter, um, email us. Patrons have given us some great um, insight on yep. things, you know, like the like Mark did with uh, Linda Rostan. So. We love that kind of interaction. Yeah. That's the community we're building. Yeah. Um, help help the help the show grow. I want to start putting up some polls. So uh, definitely run over to the Patreon, Patreon page because uh, we'll, we'll have some really cool interactive polls in there and start some further discussions. Yeah. That would be cool. And then also uh, feel free to check out our other podcast, uh, Still Holds Up. We just uh, released an episode uh, about Groundhog Day. Since um, you tomorrow's know, Groundhog tomorrow's Day. Groundhog Day, so we did an episode for that. Check it out. There's some helpful information in there, maybe to maybe help you appreciate that movie a little bit more. Uh, more episodes to come for that. You know, other than that, thank you so much, and uh, we'll yeah. catch you next time. See ya. Music composed by Kyle Torme. Additional bed music composed by. Jason Zaffrey. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Last of Us, a Rot Your Brain podcast. Subscribe to The Last of Us podcast feed at rotyourbrainmedia.com slash The Last of Us. 
Follow us on Twitter at rot underscore your brain and support Rot Your Brain Media and its podcast by being a part of this exciting new and growing community. Visit patreon.com slash rot your brain media. 